Hi everyone, this is Charlotte Palmer, bringing you a mix of interviews and music from around your area, on behalf of HSPART Radio. Charlotte, Charlotte, what's this week's show about? <laughs> this week's show is an interview with Dan Edelstein of Bank Job. It's all about wiping up people's dirt in the bar of Wolfen Forest. Ooh, I'm so excited. Me too. What can I do for you? It's a very personal, very important thing. It's a family money. Here it is. Show me the money. Show me the money. You better go. Show me the money. This is Charlotte Palmer here from H Smart Radio. I'm here at the bank job on Ho Street in Walthamstow with Dan Edelstein and a couple of economics experts. One's called David and the other one's called Simon. Simon. Yeah, from so, Positive Money and the and the Robin Hood tax. And the Robin Hood tax. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna just have a little chat with you, Dan. If you can explain to the audience, to the listeners, exactly what you, is you're up to, because you're the brain child of this, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's partly my idea, but it's also it's it's you know. I've, I've uh, eloped from, uh, you know, with all sorts of ideas from these guys around me as well, you know, and all sorts of narratives or, or critiques of the financial system, which are in current circulation, mainly on the left, although I don't think they should be confined to the left, really. But So I haven't invented anything apart from just this kind of co-created, along with Hillary, my partner, and then all the different artists who've come in and been a part of the project. We've co-created an artistic response really to take ideas away from books and white papers and bring them to life you know embodied in a kind of ex-bank you know in Walthamstow. So what inspired you actually Dan? What was the actual thing that inspired you to do this? Because this is a very social thing that you're doing. Yeah right. Well like originally uh, a friend told me that they'd read an article where a group in America had bought up about 30 million dollars worth of medical and student debt and they abolished it. Yes. Uh, It was a few years ago and it was in The Guardian, this article. And uh, the guy said to me, I wonder if you could do that in England. You know, and that was the original idea. So before I knew it, I managed to persuade a friend of mine to um, give me a small amount of money to fly out to New York and meet that group. Um, and uh, so I did that, I interviewed them. And clearly before I went to the interview, I, I bought some of their books because they were writing books. One of them is called Professor Andrew Ross. He wrote a book called Creditocracy. And um, in that book, he put forward a case for debt refusal. When would it be right to ever say no to paying your debts? Because that seems to be the the cornerstone of all moral uh, systems is that you should pay your debts. Debt and sin are equated very closely, even encoded within language. Like the German word for sin and debt are absolutely the same.
Anyway, so I flew out, I met those guys, and, um, you know, and I read their books, and I, I became convinced that actually the argument that they were putting forward seemed very, very coherent, and uh, it seemed very uh, on it, although I was equally aware that it was uh, an argument that was mainly on the margins, so uh, it wasn't in the mainstream, It was, uh, and these thinkers were very much sort of part of the fringes of, of the conversation. But nonetheless, I was interested enough and also uh, convinced enough that there was there was truth in what they were saying. That I I thought right, this is right. But how you know I want to make a film about this. I want to try and popularise it. So I am a filmmaker, but that's my background. I'm not, I should say, an artist.
convinced that their case was right. Creditocracy was this idea that like our, our welfare democracies were being systematically whittled away and replaced instead social good was being replaced by a creditor class. You know, and they really went back to they sort of seemed to locate a lot of their uh, critiques of this from the 70s onwards where they said a new system had come in, a new economic system and a new political system called neoliberalism and that was really like, responsible for um, the wholesale destruction of, of our social good, you know, bit by bit dismantling of it, you know, just, uh, you know, university uh, education became something that you'd have to pay for, the house, uh, you know, buying a house became extortionate, bit by bit, more and more expensive, um, uh, and wealth, uh, you know, um, what's it, um, uh, healthcare, particularly in America, you have to pay, it's getting more and more expensive. And in Britain, there was something equally uh, sinister taking place. And I thought it was true, but I didn't know how to make a film about it because I'm not really into making films with lots of talking heads. And I don't like doing dry filmmaking. So I tried to make, find a way of creating an adventure, like to create a framework that, that, that can bring an audience in. So I was a bit lost. I was, you know, I was really interested in all of these ideas, but I was lost as to how to structure it and turn it into a film. Uh, and that is uh, where I first met you, David, I think, because we met at a party just down the road, Max's party, yeah, who right. is uh, it, like a high-up campaigner in Oxfam, and he told me that you had been involved in the original Jubilee debt movement in the 80s with Anne Pettifor? Was it 80s well, or 90s? I'd like to think that it wasn't in the 80s, because <laughs> oh, that would yeah, no, make me about a thousand years old, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which would be poor.
the Jubilee campaign, and, and what you know, what Dan is saying, you know, I was dealing with the cancellation of national debt, of the fact that rich countries have become extremely rich on the fact that they have borrowed money to poor countries on terms that where they are paid back vastly more than the um, ultimately than the amount that was ever lent out and that this means that there is more money actually coming from the south from the poor to the north um, than the amount of aid flows going the other way. So the Jubilee movement um, that was really in the late 90s um, to 2000, 2001 was part of how to cancel that debt. So that's how I, I worked on that and that's why there's a lot of resonance with what Dan is, is doing. I totally understand that. Um, I think what he was talking about, about the financialization, is probably what we are experiencing more, more and more. The outsourcing of all these services, the, uh, the tuition fees, the costs of being a student, all the stuff in a way that, that the, the new Labour project is trying to push back on because they want to, for instance, make going to university free for students. Yeah. Um, this I, this sort of initiative, I think, is all part of kind of pushing back on the over-financialisation or the financialisation of our entire economy. And um, that's why I applaud it, and I think it's a, a really good initiative.
YouTube that kind of echoed what you're talking about with the world decks and things like that. So, Absolutely. Coming out now, isn't it? It's, you know, coming out. I actually so haven't seen that video, so that's a video. Interesting. I yes. have read the book by oh, John the, Perkins. Yes, yes, that's and it's um, and it's uh, uh, and, and I, I highly recommend it to anyone listening oh, yes. to this. I highly recommend it. It's the most extraordinary eye opener. Yeah. Because this guy was working for one of those companies like Halliburton's or whatever, yeah. and then exposes what they were doing, and essentially if if presidents did not um, go along with America's economic plan, often their planes crashed. Yeah. So it's a really very powerful narrative, a very powerful story. Um, you know, that might... It's a, well, anyway, it's a great that you've seen that, and yeah. I didn't know it was a video, and I'm now going to go and find no, it. No, do it. It's great. And I shared it all over Facebook, and I have to tell you, it had an awful lot of interest, a lot of conversations. People loved it. Yeah, really well, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. powerful. And you, Simon, yeah. tell me about a bit about you and what you're involved in. So I'm involved in Positive Money, um, which is a campaign and research group which is trying to transform the economy to make it fairer, more democratic, and more sustainable. Yes. primarily through looking at the financial system, so the money and banking system. So essentially we want to change the way money is created. So it is created at the moment, 97% or so of all money is created as a debt by private banks. Um, you can use the phrase out of thin air. So the money is created by banks as a debt that really the rest of the economy has to, <coughs> sorry, has to pay interest on. And so what we're trying to do is look at alternative forms of creating money to meet society's needs. Because at the end of the day, money is a social construct. It's a belief system, isn't it? Yeah. It's a human belief system. Exactly. We kind of made it up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. And we, we can use this belief system yeah. in a better way, which doesn't give too much power to the banks who get to decide what um, we do with the money. So they invest it mainly in property and speculation, but instead we can use money as a social relationship to, you know, give resources to our NHS, to build the housing we need, to build the infrastructure we need. Two, three, four, <laughs> one, two. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. Cause I'm the tax man. Thankful.
So that's um, what Muslim Money is about. And so we've been kind of involved loosely with this campaign. We've been, I think, two of our people or more have been um, interviewed by Dan. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to see what's happening because it shows, you know, money. It is exactly doing that, showing that money is a social construct. Uh, you can make it yourself. And then as long as there's trust in it and people accept it, you can exchange services for it and you don't need necessarily private banks to do that. The government is the most powerful institution in the country um, and they have the power. If, if they are backing up the money, then there's belief in that and that money can be used. We don't need to be borrowing from the banks necessarily. Absolutely. And that's probably one of the biggest, I guess, cons of um, all time. The idea that we have to borrow a government which issues its own currency would have to borrow from private banks. Yes. It's an idea which I think, you know, gained acceptance under the ideas of David Ricardo, right. who was, you know, an 18th century economist who was really acting as a lobbyist for the banks at the time, who was downplaying the role of debt in the economy. So, in, you know, they, they talked about classical um, economics, talking about, you know, how everything was barter and everything was simply, you know, trading goods and services. They didn't talk about debt and they didn't talk about the burden that has on, on society and the economy. Um, so, you know, during the Napoleonic periods in the early 19th century, they were paying for wars um, by borrowing from wealthy families and bankers. And, you know, they were paying huge amounts of interest on this money and this was causing a lot of popular discontent because people who are having to pay higher taxes to pay these um, people we're borrowing from. So David Ricardo is one of the most eminent economists in creating the um, profession of economics as we know it today, um, you know, had a role to play in downplaying that. So and make, and making, it, was, it is quite interesting if you read up on the history of um, where money comes from. And I've, I've seen actually the Money Masters. I've I haven't seen heard the of documentary that documentary Money Masters all about that and all about the history of it. And um, mm. I don't remember the details because it was a while ago. But what I, I for myself, I, I, I feel that, that the way that the banking system is set up is to create a vicious cycle for people. Yeah, yeah. That it's designed to actually Definitely. capture people in debt and to keep them in their debt for the rest of their lives. Yeah. When I sign my deal, I've found pressure Don't wanna see the numbers, I wanna see heaven You say could you write a song for me I say I'm sorry about you that I believe When I go home, I tend to close the door I never want to know So sing with me, can't you see I don't have Oh, 
system does is create a debt which can essentially never be paid off. The, the compound interest that people pay on their debts is much faster than people's incomes or even the capacity of the whole economy can actually but, but grow. it didn't used to be that way. It didn't used to be that way and I think that's what we need to return to. We need to return to a banking system which was a utility for the society that we went to when we needed money and we paid that off with mortgages and it was a more traditional uh, relationship with a bank manager, it's much more personal and that the bank was serving its function within society. What's happened is now the world, the people in the world, the people in the planet are now at the service of the financial system, not the other way around. We need to turn it back to where it was and we have to do it now. We, we can't wait We because at the moment what we're seeing is the financialization of everything, the outsourcing of everything, trying to indebt everybody and this is absolutely counter to what actually good social progress is all about. Absolutely. We have to reverse it. So can and we this, do it? Can we do can it? We I do think it? these kind of initiatives are part of yes. that reversal. Yeah. You want to really reverse it, yeah. you need to have, you have to have in power yeah. a government yeah. that actually believes that the financial sector needs to be made the servant of the state and not the other way around. And they then have to, to, to put those measures in place. I see lots of initiatives as part of building that fabric to make that happen. But ultimately, you need government to assert its authority over the financial system and put it back in its box. It needs reforming, basically. It does need yeah. transformation. transformation. It needs reformation. It certainly lot. does. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, and with the, this threat, that if they don't, if they don't change their models yes. to serve society, then they will be brought back into public ownership. Don't you think in many ways that the government are in the pockets of the banks, though? They, the Conservative government certainly are, because um, they get more than 50% of their funding from the government. 
Yeah. Uh, for, sorry, the, the Conservative Party get yeah. get more than 50% of their funding from the financial sector. Of course they do. So yeah. whoever pays the piper yeah. calls the tune. Yeah. So it is absolutely clear. And that's why, post the financial crisis, they haven't actually done anything other than cosmetic things to change the system. Sure. You know, they, they, they created more capital buffers. But, you know, if you get another crisis like the subprime crisis, which is different, but another one, yeah. that will be a tsunami. It's not going to, you know, extra extra few feet on the seawall is not going to withstand the tsunami. So this is cosmetic changes, not transformational changes. And ultimately, working Robin Hood types, working with Positive Money and with other organisations, what we're looking at is transformational change. And this kind of initiative that Dan's doing here, that I think is part of the fabric of building another way of seeing, a better way of seeing how to go forward.
about the price tag. So people, the listeners here, want to get involved in this kind of thing and they want to be part of the transformation. What would you say to them? Well, I would say that... Um, How would you direct them? To okay, well, I mean, the 10 years on... A, we've been doing work on the 10 years on as a whole change finance um, initiative that has become bigger and, and bigger. And, and we did lots of stuff around September the 15th. There's a change. If you go and, and, and Google change finance, you can get involved in that way. I'd certainly, um, whatever Dan's website is, I don't know all the details of Dan's initiative, go there, check out these kind of things. But absolutely, there are people thinking in this way. We need more and more to get involved. Please go find us and we will be very receptive and, and we want you to join in. Thank you, David. You're, you're you are the revolution, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I would echo that and I would say, you know, we need more of these kinds of really innovative um, solutions and new ways of approaching the problem. You know, I think it's really bold and it should be applauded what um, the bank job's doing and in, in not only is it raising awareness, it's also actually doing social good in itself. It's, it's, it's doing, it's buying up um, problem debt um, in a really innovative way and you know I think this is the problem at the end of the day we're going to have to essentially unburden households from problem debt and I think other than a, a jet jubilee which I think is good like I think perhaps that is like the ultimate solution to a lot of the problems which is what David used to work on um, I think yeah that we need to be doing more of these community initiatives building up you know resistance and power within communities to do something about um, you know the debt problem that we face so people getting together and finding ways to buy up a community's debt at a, at a low cost so they're buying understand, a million pounds worth of problem debt for only around £25,000 from my understanding if we can do things like that we can free a lot of people um, but ultimately it's the big change is going to come from above so you know if we can get involved in more like big picture stuff as well like the change finance initiative we can change the way the government acts and we can get the government to do a bigger you know write off the problem debt and free households from the debt burden which is ultimately burdening the whole of the society and the whole of the economy and it's probably the biggest economic problem we face I'd say absolutely you're absolutely right thank you so much guys for your time I really appreciate it and I'm sure that the listeners are going to be looking on Google for all these things that you've talked about and be really inspired by what you've just also go to the Robin Hood tax campaign and campaign as well because obviously we we campaign for taxing the financial sector more and uh, they can afford it and that could um, do loads to to make sure we don't have any further cuts okay all right well thank you very much for the interview it's a pleasure
Thanks for listening. Look out for my next show coming your way soon. I'd also like to say a very special thank you to Shaz, my producer. Bye for now.